Welcome everybody back to We Got Next coming in hot because I hit the record button in the middle of my countdown. So nonetheless, here we are. I told you in the last episode, we pull no punches. We give you these intros and outros as they come. That being said, said we're back. Second episode this week. I feel like we're getting a groove back. Did this. It's been a long time. Ooh. I don't, I don't, yeah. don't want to say we owe the public, but we, we, we owe them. Yeah, we we there, owe there, them. There've been times we've done three, maybe four episodes in one week, and um, here we I, are. I I think we went five for five WrestleMania week last year, like peak pandemic. I think pandemic. we went five for five. I think you're right, pandemic mania. Thank yeah. You did. And shout out to the former network. No love there. How how we only was churning out consistent content. Five episodes in one week. Man, different times. Different times. So good. Shout out to Blue Wire. Shout out to Blue Wire Hustle. Speaking of which, all Blue Wire Hustle hosts, if you got a wrestling podcast, sports podcast, Detroit Pistons, that team in Washington that doesn't really play in Washington, Baltimore Ravens, Jaguars, whatever. Set and I, we're, we're available. You know, just hit us up in the Discord. We'll reach out to some of you guys, get things going, because it's you know a family here. We got to say. If you have a hip hop podcast, we talk about music. We really want you. We want accurate opinions. Whoa! So you saying my shit's not accurate? That, I'm, I'm just saying it's a little cruel. That's all. Okay, you know what? A cruel. You know what? I was trying to be nice this episode, but before I disrespect you, make sure you follow us on social media. I'm at underscore J Della. Set us at set underscore says that is C E double D underscore S A Y S. The show is at We Got Next with an underscore in front. And last but not least, don't forget to follow Blue Wire at Blue Wire and at Blue Wire Hustle. That being said, since you want to go with this bullshit, you know what? We're going to start this episode just like we start the other one, talking you know, about something that's not wrestling related. You know what I'm going to do and what everybody else should do? It's um, by the time you're, you're listening to this, it might be might be Friday, might be Saturday. Yeah, it's probably, you know probably going to be you Friday. Know, you know what takeover is? It's Sunday. And what you, should, what you should do is you should go out and have a nice brunch. Have a, have, a, have a nice, good brunch. I don't know where you like to brunch at. Me, I, I like IHOP and things like that. But go have a nice brunch, have some mimosas, maybe bottomless, and get yourself ready for takeover. That's what you should do. Nigga, I almost muted your mic. <laughs> you know what the fuck? This shit. This motherfucker right here. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this motherfucker right here. Just if there was, if there was eh, okay, for everybody listening, um, I'm a little bit of an old head, if you would. But if you remember times when people actually use music uh for their ringtones for different contacts. And not to say that Jacob ever calls me like that, but I would definitely make his phone. Uh, you are a jackass of the highest <laughs> degree. I would definitely make his ringtone brunch on Sunday for all the slander he's trying to bring to Nas. 
You know what? I didn't figure out what I was going to start this episode with, but I really might just let Eminem's verse be the intro to this episode. <sighs> this I man. Know. I don't want to spend just, any more time with Eminem's verse. This man just... You know what? Well played, sir. Well played. That's not where I was going. But since you want to speak about trash things, um, can we please put to rest the Carl Winslow argument? Because the man is trash. Yo, oh, so that's where you want to go. That's, yes. where, that's where you want to go. Since, they, since we're doing all the little movie things on Twitter and whatnot, and somehow TV dads came up, and we, and we had Pops, Carl, Bernie Mac, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, to me, is an untouchable on that list. But you're telling me we, we can't get Pops or Bernie up out of here? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what you're telling me? Did That's you watch the, lie the way you want to tell? Did you watch the Williams brothers? Did you see how much how much anxiety pops caused people on that show with the bad food and the business and stuff like that? You you tell me he's a more exemplary father than than Carl Winslow, a yes, man who took in a man who took in his, his his wife's sister and her child who raised more than his own kids while fighting crime, sir, sir. What are we doing? Carl Winslow was a hotel before hotel was a word. Wow. Carl Winslow sent a kid upstairs to their room and we never saw them again. Carl Winslow allowed his daughter to be a trash human being and deny a man strictly because how he looked until he stuck himself in a time in some type of transportation machine. Two-pair household. Why is it all on Carl? What did Harriet ever do on that show? That's what we're doing? I'm asking a genuine question. We're we're, we're shaming? Not shaming. I'm asking a question. Tell me more than three times where she had a arc or a deep sit-down conversation with somebody. There there were a couple times. Couples less than three. Wow. See, he has nothing for this. And also, wow. here's my thing. You called that man a hotep, too. Come on, you want to tell me he didn't get real preachy, and then when it came down to it, he wanted to nut up real quick? Nine times out of ten, there was that one episode. But come on. Uncle Phil taught that life and was about that life. Carl want to pick and choose. This is shameful. This has been over a year with Carl Winslow slander. Some of it warranted. Some of it warranted. But on that list, on that list. I got it right now in front of me. Bernie Mac. And you want to talk about taking in folks' kids. None of them kids were birdies. Yeah, and and he hated them. But he took care of them. He treated them right. He gave them life's lessons. Carl Carl didn't take care of them kids? He, He didn't. He didn't always deal with Urkel despite all the all the mishaps. Once again, did Pops or Bernie Mac do anything as egregious as sending a child to their room for them to never return? That is everybody's only argument. It's not the only argument. That's that just is the, the only most- argument everybody ever has. And the fact that he's a cop. That that that's it. That's not the only argument. That's just the most damning argument because I don't need to say anything else after that. Wow. Wow. That's just just trash, sir. Also, 
So what this originally started was Shane Taylor, Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor world champion. Shout out Shane Taylor, one of the best in business. Shout out Shane Taylor Promotions, one of the best factions going. Somebody, somehow it came up a thing where it's like, all right, let's just talk about black TV and black movies. And the original thing that I responded to you in was one gotta go. The Fresh Prince, Sister Sister, Family Matters, or Moesha. To which I politely said, go ahead. You out your goddamn mind. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're not going to let this ride this pocket. You out your damn mind. You telling me you're going to watch an episode of of Moesha or Sister Sister before you watch Family Matters. Family Matters. Let let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Family Matters is primetime TV during the TGIF era on ABC. It was in a primetime slot. Everybody watched it, especially if you didn't have cable. It came on. You you, you telling me you're going to go to UPN and and watch Moesha? You going to tell that lie to the public? That's what we're doing? One, Moesha gave us Ray J and a bunch of other things. Two, I'm so glad that there's a parental parental advisory sticker associated with this podcast. Uh, You mean to tell me you really out here caping for the whitest nigga on damn TV, the nigga was the affirmative action hire, and they made his motherfucker was a cop in Chicago and was white and bland as shit. Let's keep it a buck. He was the safe bet. Of course, they're gonna put his ass on TJIF. You needed a black person, you needed an all black thing because look what else was on TV. It's like, all right, let's do this black, but like, how can I put this? You ever seen non black people? go to a soul food restaurant and complain about like the amount of salt or that the food was a little too oomph, a little too much oomph to it. And then you go to like a non-black person soul food place and you're like, yo, where the hell's the hot sauce? Family matters. There you go. And yes, I'm watching Moesha because Moesha spun off into other stuff. What the family matters spin off to? Name me one memorable episode. Just one. What, what story arc was memorable that happened on Moesha? She ran away, got into some shit with a brother. That's the one I remember. Oh, you, that, 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 that's very descriptive of you. Hey, man, it that, happened. It, 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 it shaped how, who you were today. That, that's what that did? That's what that episode did? You trying to get me to think peace defend Moesha? No. But out of those four... Sh- blatantly lying on the airways. <laughs> you don't watch no damn Moesha. But you watch Family Matters. No, I, I, but you watch Family Matters because it developed a pen, you developed a, an opinion about Family Matters. But no, yeah, you want to know how I watch? You want to know how I watch Family Matters? about Moesha. You want to know how I watch Family Matters? Because this shit would come on Nick at night, and I would fall asleep and wake up to it and be like, "Huh, well, can't go to bed. Let me watch this until I go back to sleep." Because it's the Nyquil, it's TV Nyquil. That's why. Out of these four shows, everybody's watching Fresh Prince first. And then everybody's rolling the sister, sister. You got quotables and classics and bars between those two shows. What the hell did Family Matters give us? And to an extent, what did Moesha give us? I, but at least I, Moesha I, has spinoffs. What? Time out. Uh, sister, sister had spinoffs, number one. But Yeah, but sister, sister also gave us bars. Moesha gave us the Parkers. The Parkers gave us girlfriends. God. I rest my case. Oh my god! 
Also, Kelsey Grammer knows black people. All right, I, I'm I'm not talking about this anymore. <laughs> no, you should. I mean, I we're only like that. ten minutes into the podcast. Uh, nah, no, no, not doing it anymore. Nope, nope. The Carl the Carl Winslow slander is is it's not all the way warranted. It, it's it, it's amazing to me. It ain't slander if it's true. <sighs> Twitter ripping people apart one day at a time. Look, man, we're gonna have a guest on first part of the week. We're gonna talk to him about Nas's discography, black TV shows, and we'll even argue Family Matters and Moesha. How about that? How does that work for you? Fine. Done. Done. <laughs> Book it. Book it. Now, and let's just, let's do some fantasy booking real quick. I gotta get that taste out of my mouth. I gotta get that taste out of my mouth. So we're gonna talk takeover, and it's easy to see which matches are gonna shine at takeover. So I actually want to start with the NXT UK title, which you'll be able to speak to a lot more than I because I still have not seen the first match. We have Walter. Sir, fix that, please. <laughs> I, I will fix that. We have Walter. Uh, taking on Ilya Dragunov. Walter has held this title for well over a year. It is the longest title reign in uh, modern WWE. And there's been nobody that has come close to Walter's title reign, but Ilya Dragunov put Walter through the ringer from what I've heard last year. And this is the rematch. Hard-hitting, violent. This is what people are going to see on a NXT uh, takeover card. So with that being said, I'll let you have your spill and I'll give my prediction. So Walter has held the NXT UK title for 852 days and counting. Wow. He took it off of Pete Dunne at NXT TakeOver New York. I think if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was the same TakeOver Kofi Mania weekend. Long time. So yeah, it's been a minute. And you can argue that, yeah, there's like a six, seven-month gap in the middle where NXT UK was shut shut down. You still take the shit away. It's like a 600-day uh, run. Like, <laughs> it's still obscene. Yeah, for those that have not seen the first one, if you watched NXT this past week, you saw those chops? You saw that powerbomb to uh, Carter or Lee, whichever one from MSK? That whole little scramble. You saw how violent and physical that was? Ratchet that up to 10 and let it cook for about 20 minutes. Man. When people say this match was hard hitting, this was a a guy from Canada who happened to be a crippler who also happened to be a murderer. It was like one of those styles. Like, it is violent. It is physical. It all makes sense. It told a story from bell to end. It is the closest I've ever seen Walter to losing that belt and being pent in one-on-one competition. There's several false finish finishes. It is done perfectly executed. And it sets a high bar because, again, people call it this match of the year. I'm one of those people. I 
people think this is hyperbole no legit you want to go Dave Meltzer this is a five-star match this is a six-star match it's not flashy there's not a lot of spots in it but it's great storytelling it is a physical style of wrestling everything made sense there's there's nothing from that match I could argue that I was like why did this happen and Walter and Dragunov's chest were red at the end of it so expect more of that and if you give this 20 takeovers <clears throat> excuse me takeovers are usually two and a half hours yeah give or take give or take five matches let this cook for about 20 to 30 minutes you might have another instant classic on your hand that being said the way they position dragon all these past couple weeks on regular nxt tv great job introducing them to a new audience making them look like money the man got busted open the hard way against Roddy and was just leaking. Yeah, he was. Like, him and Nia Jax just over here, just bleeding all over the place. The hard way. And Dragunov on XT UK, so a little bit of backstory for those that aren't familiar. This, the original match between Walter and Dragunov, Dragunov's whole gimmick was, I am the uncontrollable, crazy Russian that feeds off of emotion and aggression. Like he had color contacts. It was just 100 miles an hour. Throw caution to the wind. That match broke Dragunov, where he just kind of came back as like, oh, I'm very um, think the fiend and think Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. But like, instead of being a horror monster, Dragunov is just legit crazy with no care for anything. Now he came back kind of calm, happy, like, I'm under control of my emotions. He gets into it with no Dar. He's kind of slowly tweaking back to that. So this is a subdued version of Dragunov, but I feel like Walter is going to take him back to that place. And I would not be. Yeah, I would. I'd be shocked if Walter lost, because if Walter loses, the question becomes, what the hell is going to happen with the big man? Because Walter said he doesn't want to live in the States and he doesn't want to work a regular WWE schedule. So does that mean he just works NXT? But that doesn't necessarily fall in line with the new proposed alleged vision for the brand, even though there are exceptions to the rule. That does put Imperium at full strength. It's just... That'd be interesting, you know, because... If they're going to do, like, tape shows and stuff like that, then why not? All right. If you tape a couple, then you go back live for a couple weeks, tape a couple. Yeah, you can kind of let them give a little bit of off time in between. I get it. But it's just the run got to 800 and something, 850 plus days. And it's like, at some point, yeah, it has to end. We're all aware of it. But the thing is, like I said on the uh, recap episode for NXT this past week, you got to end it right and make a star. This will make Dragunov a star. It's just, I don't know if you can pull the belt off of Walter. It's like you got to have a damn good reason to pull the belt off Walter. And it can't, and here's the thing, and I, for the love of God, I don't think this will happen, but it can't be no fluke finish bullshit. It can't be no Walter tried to grab the belt. He missed. It got rolled up. No, I need Dragunov to Pin Walter one, two, three convincingly in the ring. No shenanigans surrounding the pinfall. There could be shenanigans in the match, but that ending sequence cannot be associated to any of the shenanigans. 
fuck that shit. If you're in a 150 day reign that's been dominant because Walters has uh, nerfed Coffee, Champa, the other Coffee, Wolfgang, Pete Dunn a couple of times. I mean, Dragunov, he line them up, knock them down. That's simple. Rampage Brown, line them up, knock them down. Give me the big man. And you know what this just reminded me of? The banger that we got at Worlds Collide between Imperium and Undisputed Era that now we can't run back. Nope, sure can't. Well, we can, but we can't. It'll just be yeah. 303 instead of 4 on 4 versus the 4 on 3 that it was because Bobby Fish got concussed to hell. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Walter too. I just can't, I can't pick against Walter. They finally got him over here into the States to make appearances. I don't know why you would take the title off him unless you had some other direction for him out here. So I, I'm, I'm going to roll with Walter as well. Right. The only way that it makes sense to take the title off of Walter, and we've seen this before, where somebody loses their title. I'm thinking a la Edge Elimination Chamber several years ago. And they're so pissed off that they go and like steal somebody else's spot. Edge taking Kofi. Only way I can see is Walter loses the UK title. And it's so pissed off that at the end of the Joe Cross match, whoever wins, Walter just comes out and just decimates them and stands over them. Now, if that's the case, then sign me the hell up and shoot that shit into my veins now. Because Walter Cross, Walter Joe, I don't care. It'll be v- bloody, violent, and physical. Sign me up. That would be money. That would that's, be money. It's the only way it makes sense, and we're about to find out if our line is still tapped. Just to find out real quick. Moving along to... Well, since we have four title matches on this card, let's go with the women's title first. This is the match that we talked about on our preview or on our recap show, where it, it's very odd fitting. Of course, we have our our Diesel Shawn Michaels figures here, but we we've seen Raquel Gonzalez be utterly dominant for over a year now in NXT since she debuted. Uh, taking out Tegan Knox for Dakota Kai. Now, Dakota Kai gets jealous for feeling like the sidekick, turns on Raquel Gonzalez. Boom, title match. Now, arguably the one of the best wrestlers in the world, Io Shirai, failed to Raquel Gonzalez. Now, that's not me snarling at Dakota Kai, but the way this feud is booked with Raquel Gonzalez supposed to be the, being the sympathetic figure, it's very hard for me to view uh, Dakota Kai is the heel and like somebody who's going to win this match, despite how much fans want to see it happen. Unless Dakota Kai got some some muscle or another heater just up her sleeve, I I feel like this is just going to be Gonzalez all day. You you call it one way traffic? One way traffic. I don't I don't see how you can book it any other way. I, I don't see how. I, I don't see how you can book Dakota Kai in a dominant fashion over Gonzalez. It doesn't have to be dominant per se. I don't, I don't, I can't see her getting any offense off. <sighs> you know, this is, this is weird. We kind of touched on this on the recap episode 
Who the hell booked this shit ass backwards? It's like, did they, did they think that the, the larger competitor would be the, symp- the sympathetic figure here? Because Dakota Kai got a, lo- a large fan club. If they didn't notice, she is substantially a different type of competitor than Gonzalez's power game. Right. And let's just let's keep it a buck here. Dakota Kai turned on Tegan Knox, and I am convinced that if that was anybody other than Tegan Knox, you maybe probably want to boot her as hard. And it's just, how do you want me to feel sympathetic for Raquel, who came in as a heater, has been a heater? Like, the only time Raquel Gonzalez has been close to remotely being cheered was um, when she was dealing with uh, Diet Shark Flair, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, possibly. And even then, that was more so a byproduct of everybody just being tired of Rhea Ripley. So this is where we are in the Gonzalez title reign where, yes, she's a new face of the division. She's a force we reckon with. But is there a little bit of Raquel Gonzalez fatigue with fans? I don't know if it's fatigue. I think it's more so just, what are you going to do? Like, what do you do with Raquel Gonzalez? Because she's beat EO. She's beat Zali. She's beat more or less everybody. Tony Storm is gone. Tiga Knox is gone. She beat Ember. Shotzi's gone. What, what? Mercedes Martinez is gone. And she beat Mercedes. <laughs> like, what is there for her? I, I'd argue Frankie Monet, but she's dealing with Robert Stone, which, you know what? I'd take a slow burn with Frankie. Let's do that. Ty Valkyrie, slow burn it. Perfectly fine. If you throw Manny Rose in there, I'm going to lose my shit. So, <laughs> what? What do you have left? Genuinely, what do you have left here? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. And Dakota Kai going over would be a big moment for her, especially SummerSlam weekend. Great moment. And I would love to see the moment. I just don't see how it happens in this scenario over Gonzalez when Gonzalez is supposed to be entering the matches as the babyface. Hard right. to see. Which makes actually it makes sense because it allows Kai to cheat to win. And I'm but, not saying, and I'm not saying that would get a, that would probably get a huge pop too. Don't get me wrong. Dakota Kai wins it's a pop automatically because we love Dakota Kai as fans. We have loved Dakota Kai since she first popped up on our TV. Team Kick was a huge thing. Like, she is the Shawn Michaels of this shit to an extent. To an extent, yeah. 
it's just the story would have made more sense if instead of Kai high kicking Raquel from here to Kingdom Come or back to Texas. And props to Raquel for selling the hell out of that. It would have made more sense for Dakota to be running her mouth. Talking about how you can't beat us. We are unstoppable. We'll hold on to this. And then turn around to a big boot. And then a one um, one arm choke slam powerbomb situation. And Raquel being like, I'm sick of you stealing my shine. This isn't a we. I'm winning these matches. Often in spite of you. That would have made more sense. But Raquel wins because it doesn't make sense to pull the belt off of her because where are you going to go? Where are you going to go, period, is my question. <laughs> Raquel wins so you can keep running this back somehow. Yeah, you got to run it back another way because they got to do – and you know what they can do somehow? And, and we've seen it plenty of times. They're going to have to do like a double turn in the middle of the match. Or – you just throw in like um, Loop Ember back into this somehow. Yeah, they're going to have to make Dakota look like the, uh, not the sacrificial lamb, but they do a double turn where Raquel is beating her ass so bad and then giving it to the audience. Then maybe that big comeback happens and Kai goes over. But we're booking here. We're booking here, but I'm going to take Big Mama Cool for this. This one. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way this, the way this card is set up, is uh. All right, real quick, real quick, because I'm glad you mentioned that. Is this opening the show? Because I feel like this has to open. No, I feel like this or one other match can only open the show. Because there's no letdown. There's. Well, the thing is, the the, the cooldown match. There's this, two cooldown like, matches. I feel like this, this is one a, of them. I feel like this would be the cooldown match because the LA Knight, Cameron Grimes is a feel good. We know we're closing with O'Reilly Cole. So Are we? I, positive. I'm 100% positive. Because um, I don't feel like we're closing with Cross and Samoa Joe. I don't know. Something about Cross and Joe makes me feel like you're closing with that. But I also see closing with O'Reilly and Cole. But I'm also kind of slightly still old school with the whole close with your big belt. Yeah, I can see the old school um, adage of it. But I feel like you close at Cole and and O'Reilly because we know they're going to use the steel cage. We know it's going to happen. You don't mention it unless it happens. This is true. Three stages of hell. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. So where are we going next? So since we got two matches in, I actually... Hmm. I can spend some time on this. So let's go. Let's go. Million dollar title. L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes. The feel good story that is Cameron Grimes finally, hopefully, getting his comeuppance against L.A. Knight after all the the beautiful Butler uh, vignettes we've gotten over the past few weeks with Ted DiBiase in his corner. 
this is the moment that we're going to see the passing of the torch. And you know what? I'll retract what we talked about from our last uh, podcast and preview story. They, you know what? They made the right call with LA Knight ha- having that million dollar title because it's only elevated him a little bit more to being that kind of narcissistic asshole that he is perfect at being. So he's going to swim regardless because the man is money on the mic, can go in the ring. The backstage work is good. He'll survive. Cameron Grimes, from being a figure that I hated, that fans hated, didn't want to see, hated the body hair, hated all that, has become kind of a, I I can't even say comic relief. Um, He's a little bit more than that because he can work in the ring too. And for him to be come million dollar champion gives him an extra layer to his gimmick and an extra layer that he can actually carry and hold. Cause at first I was like, how long is this money thing going to last? It just works. It just works. So love to see it. I got Grimes finally uh, claiming the title. Cause there's no way if they made all these cuts, I, don't, I know we ain't got Ted DiBiase on the payroll to just have him making appearances every week for, for Butler gimmicks. <laughs> hey man, Ted's just happy to be on TV, cashing checks, being introduced to a new generation. True. That being said, this is arguably the best story on NXT. Heading into the weekend, this feels like the most complete uh, storyline. Yeah. I'll go with that. Definitely most complete. It has the longest story if you don't count the UK title. Ah, You know what? LA Knight wins just because I'm here for chaos. Wow. I see the feel-good moment for Grimes, but there's more money in Ted DiBiase being a butler. Is there? Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. I I can't see him doing the butler stuff, but maybe. Maybe you're right. Just think about it. Maybe Grimes loses... Feels bad for Ted and it's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's find a way. One last shot. Put up all my money. Put my career on the line. Everything. Just go full balls to the wall. And then that's when he gets it. Wow. Okay. So you're rolling with LA Knight. I'm taking Grimes. Yeah, I'm going to roll with L.A. Knight. The artist formerly known as Eli Drake. I just need, only thing I need from this is for Grimes to be on his way out to the ring and L.A. Knight to cut him off. Like always. Like, uh, nope. mm -mm. Playing my music. Okay. That's all I really need from it. You know what? That crowd is going to erupt when Grimes enters that arena. <clears throat> that can arguably be one of the biggest pops of the night. Outside Samoa Joe, that uh, actually working 
a match, but <clears throat> maybe one of the biggest moments of the night. Yeah, if it was full sale, it would really pop, but Capital Wrestling Center's kind of yeah lately. Yeah, they're kind of flat. Kind of flat. They gotta gotta get it together. Gotta get it together. Speaking of get it together, mm-hmm. since you took you took night, I'm taking Grimes. Karen Cross versus Samoa Joe. NXT championship. First things first. Okay. Where the hell is Scarlet? <laughs> we, heard, we heard the chance. I think we heard the chance on Raw. We heard the chance on NXT. Scarlet is notice, notably absent. So it lends credence to the fact that you said this might be Vince's new toy. And all those dirt sheets that said, oh, they're keeping Scarlet off TV. So when Cross gets Scarlet back on Raw, he goes ape shit. But I get that Vince likes to bury guys a little bit before pumping them full of helium. He, he, he struck cross naked, man. He was already getting his ass lit up uh, on the mic for the past few months for just being a average worker, for having all the smoke and mirrors, for having a, a, a mid-title reign. Now he's going against somebody who is a two-time NXT champion. And the only thing that is stopping me from picking Samoa Joe is the fact that this is his first match since February of last year. Yep, pre-pandemic. And I don't know. Honestly, when you look at the, the halls of NXT and all the greatest NXT champions of all time, you, you, you start with probably, uh, of course, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, you look at these names, Samoa Joe is there too. too. I, I don't know if they want Samoa Joe to be a three-time NXT champion. I, I don't know if they want that, that banner for him. And the more and more this feud is booked, the more and more cross plays back and forth on Raw, they seem to have some direction for him. And I think when the fire is hot, I think they throw more gasoline on it all the time, nine times out of ten, no matter how much fans hate it. So I, I just feel like Cross chokes Joe out. I, I feel like that's how we end this match. And it hates me. I, I, I hate that I'm saying that. You know, I could see that. I probably would be highly unhappy with it. Very unhappy. Just, uh, you, you have a point. It's just, what do you, what do you do with Cross? Joe is lesser of the two evils because Joe more or less could easily just go right back to being the enforcer. True. What do you do with Cross? If he's going to Raw, sure. Makes sense. If he's not, and he wins, now what? It's tough. That's tough. If he loses but doesn't go to Raw full-time, then what do you do? 
And if Joe wins, what do you do with Joe? And those are questions like, if Cross wins, then it's just next man up. Whoever it's going to be, you have a number of guys in NXT who can be next man up, or maybe Samoa Joe just keeps chasing them, not for the sake of the title, but just to like fight them. And then he still bounces back and fights Jeff Hardy, Keith Lee, and a number of these other guys on Raw. If Joe wins, it immediately becomes like, okay, this is Joe's NXT, and who challenges him? And the only name that I can think of off top is probably Adam Cole because he got choked out backstage. But then we have the contract dispute that we're dealing with that we don't know if it got resolved or not yet. Right. So there's that. I would say if Joe wins, you have just as many options as a cross. Actually, you have more options than if cross won. Interesting. Elaborate. Because if Joe wins, you can run Gargano, you can run Dunn, you can run Thatcher, you can run Cole, you can run O'Reilly. You can run Ciampa. If Cross wins, he already nerfed Gargano, he already nerfed Cole, he nerfed O'Reilly, he nerfed Dunn. All at the same time. But Pete Dunn never got that one-on-one, though. That's what I'm saying. Dunn's the only one that didn't really get the one-on-one, but it's like, you know, and then what do you do after that? You're still right back in the same boat. I think you would just have him hover off raw, hover around raw for a little bit, just poking his chest out until a vet, like a vet puts him down, you know? So you just have your NXT champ just say the hell with NXT? I think that's what they've kind of been doing anyway. Like, like you mentioned uh, before, they had Kevin Owens showing up on Raw pretty pretty frequent enough, but but maybe have a vet put him down. So I don't know what vet is on Raw. I, I don't know why I immediately think of a guy like Randy Orton. Um, you got to think of those untouchable characters that uh, somebody coming into WWE, you got to pay your penance against. You have one of those guys just kind of put him in his place. actually help elevate cross a lot more too to kind of get that spotlight to share the ring with one of those guys so you putting cross over randy orton like you put keith lee over randy orton i didn't say put cross over i'm saying you take a vet to put cross down look you can't have cross losing you kind of get a reality check you're doing that now you're doing that now with jeff hardy i wouldn't put jeff hardy on the same level as a randy orton that's what i'm saying yeah it's one of those vets like No, give give him Goldberg to like put him in his place. Get for the fuck, get get the fuck out. You know what? I'd rather lose to Jeff Hardy if I lose to Bill Goldberg in 2021. Hey, something's got to give. But at the end of the day, as much as I want to believe that Samoa Joe can come back and be that uh that reality check for Cross, that it just seems like the writing's on the raw of Cross is going to end this choking him out. That's more or this less more of the same what we've seen. During this title reign. See, here's my thing. I don't see it happening. I think time's up. TikTok, night, night, young champ. Joe wins. Joe's a transitional champ to get the Pete done. 
That's what you call it? Yep. Night ends with the Samoan submission machine standing tall, holding up the belt. Actually, you know what I'm calling? Because I have a weird feeling about this. I'm calling shenanigans. Somebody returns and just fucks it all up. That's what I've been thinking a little bit more about that, too, but I don't know who would return. Maybe trips when it got Bray Wyatt. That would be money, you know, because Bray Wyatt did put that tweet out that said you can't kill it. Maybe Braun Strowman comes back for all I know <laughs> and unfortunately don't want. They got those deals with a couple of those guys. Yeah, I'm calling shenanigans. This is what I'm because you think about it, the takeovers that were around the big floor used to end with a big moment. The debut of Cole and O'Reilly and Fish. Andrade. All these big moments. So I'm calling it Joe wins, somebody returns or debuts and wreck shop. Okay. I'll, I'll throw out a, 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 a like a counter to that. I, Joe loses. William Regal comes out with the de- somebody debuting. All right. So with Cro- when Cross chokes out Joe, William Regal, who we haven't seen since he got laid out. Comes back. No, that's why Joe's gonna win right there. Regal is gonna slide them brass knucks in. Joe gonna hit him, toss him, Coquina. Let's go home. We'll have to see. I'm interested in uh, seeing how this plays out. Because then you can get Cross Regal in the ring one on one, unsanctioned. You ain't got to worry about a title. That can send Cross off. William Regal's not getting a wrestling in 2021. That's just not happening. Oh, bring a wriggle son across the pond. <clears throat> so you got Joe. I got Cross. And now we got the main event, which was predictably going to be a two out of three falls match. Saw yep. from a mile away. This is the Everybody only way mama saw it coming. Uh, and just for, to talk about the falls, we got a traditional wrestling match mm-hmm. for fall one, a street fight for fall two, and a yep. steel cage match, which in quotation mark, not quotation, but in uh, parentheses, if necessary. We know it's going to be necessary because the cage is going to be above the ring all damn night. They're going to use that damn cage, which is why this match is going to go on last. Kyle O'Reilly versus versus Adam Cole, end of the Undisputed Era. Now, I don't know how you want to break this down. I think we should break this down by who gets each fall. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we sure that the cage is going to be there all night because we've seen them throw that cage together real quick. No, I think it's going to be hovering above the ring. I think it'll be hovering above the ring. Okay. All right. All right. So let's break it down. Fall by fall. Traditional wrestling match, which was picked by Kyle O'Reilly because he couldn't fathom the fact that he lost a traditional wrestling match. Adam Cole and wanted his get back. Yep. Now, naturally, you would think like, okay, he's going to get his comeuppance. He's going to be Adam Cole in that match. Nah, I, I think he still loses here. I, I think I think Cole still gets the uh, traditional 
wrestling match. Yeah, see, this is weird because in these scenarios, when you have two out of three, you have the three stages of hell as this match was at one point in time referred to. It's usually you lose the fall that you pick. However, with these two having gone at it before and Cole losing something that you would think would cater toward him and O'Reilly losing a straight up wrestling match, you're like, cool, Cal should win the wrestling match. But then you go back to, again, the logic of you lose the fall that you pick. I would like this if it was a street fight first and then a regular wrestling match. But if we're going regular wrestling match to start it, you're holding my feet to the fire. Adam Cole by shenanigans. Yep. Still goes over there. So we're both taking Cole there, which means that by, well, not by default. But then you had the street fight the second time. And since you're calling shenanigans, I think that's where this comes in. Well, Kyle O'Reilly gets his comeuppance and wins the street fight, which for the second time he'll win the street fight against Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah. You in agreement? I mean, yeah, because we're going to the third fall. Okay. Which takes us to the steel cage match, which was levied by Mr. William Regal. So Adam Cole, Kyle Riley in steel cage, uh, pinfall, submission, or escape. Now let's, really let's, drop some, let, let's drop some bars here, man. Okay. I was in the Kyle Riley bandwagon as a single star in last year. Let's, let's just call it. I said he's probably the most likely that can swim as a single star because he has all the tools in the ring. It's believable. But this character, it ain't working. It is not working at all. His promo, bad. It's not believable. Very dry and corny. Now, can he go in the ring? Yeah. Interest music, got that. NXT desperately wants to make Kyle O'Reilly their next big star. But it was very telling that he was the one that got choked out in that five-way match against Karrion Cross. He bit the bullet there. Well. Which lets me know is they're not that sure that he can swim in that spotlight. Who did they always turn to when shit hits the fan? Adam Cole. Who is the one they're trying to save from leaving the company right now and going across the way with his girl and other friends? Adam Cole. I'm not saying that would change their plans necessarily for Kyle O'Reilly. I think there's a space for him, but I think he needs a strong character shift. And if I'm being honest, he would probably be a better fit for Diamond Mine than Roddy Strong is. With that mouthpiece, being able to just go work and flexes his skill set. The cool Kyle thing, to me, has been a flop. (laughs) So with that said, in the steel cage, if happens... When it does happen, I feel like they're going to beat the shit out of each other. There'll be some near falls. There'll be some near taps. But I got Adam Cole escaping the cage for victory. Escaping the cage for victory 
thus winning this feud. I have this is really dependent upon what Adam Cole is going to do. Is he going to stay or is he going to go? Because part of me thinks he might just get clean sweep. Like the cage is just a big old red herring. Like it's just there for no reason. He's losing two times. And that's there's that's part, a part of me. That's a part of the whole, like, hey, we love Kyle O'Reilly. We really want to push him thing. But you know, like I know, this shit is flopping. I mean, I told you this from the start. Did I not? Yeah, I was trying to convince you that Kyle O'Reilly can be, can be a solid singles hand. And he can go in the ring, but the man needs a mouthpiece. He needs a scarlet. Yeah, and I told you I'd be very <laughs> weary of Kyle O'Reilly as a solo star. That it gave me Roddy Strong vibes until Roddy hit the hole. I ain't going back to the trailer park gimmick. You're saying Adam Cole escapes. Yep. It's a pickle. I wish I knew more about Cole's contract situation. Give me Kyle O'Reilly. How? He'll hook with a steel chain. That's what he did last time. Yep. Or fine. Last shot to a chair. Like Kyle gets so desperate that he can't put Adam away that he uses his own move. I can that would actually be uh great in match storytelling. Cause they have to go uh make this kind of Gargano versus Champa S. Like, let's think about it. They're gonna be in their bag. And they're going to be deep in it, too. So if they're going to go deep in the bag, you might as well go deep in the bag. You're right about that. So you got Kyle O'Reilly winning by... Pretty much using Adam Cole's offense uh, against him. It's pretty poetic. So what? Yeah. And a- Adam Cole is one of the Teflon superstars where a loss doesn't kill him. But where where does he go from here? By after losing to Kyle O'Reilly, then if if he indeed he does, if he stays, yes. The lazy answers say you run it back, but I think you just kind of take Cole off TV for a little. Actually, you know where Cole goes? Right back to O'Reilly because they're both coming for Joe if Joe wins. That's how I see it. Otherwise, I think you just take Cole off TV for a little bit. If you still had Bronson Reed on the roster, I'd say you would have went back to that. 
because uh, he he lost to Bronson or he beat Bronson. Right, but it's something that you could easily fell back on for like an interim. True. Otherwise, I I don't know where you go because Cole is really in a weird spot. Yeah, they're in that spot of desperation with him. So they might be throwing him a super bag just to stay with the company. But across the way might look a little enticing. You never know. Never know. So you're rolling with O'Reilly. I got Adam Cole because I feel like I I think they've seen who Kyle O'Reilly is at this point. And I don't think this loss would kill him per se. Because this cool Kyle thing is like, all right, I shrug it off and I just get back to work type of thing. So I don't think it would hurt him. You could be right. It's just. Because if Adam Cole loses, you are putting somebody over one of your strongest hands over these past few years. And you can make the argument they've been strong because of the other. You can make that argument, sure. But that that means that you view Kyle O'Reilly as either ascending to or exceeding those levels that Adam Cole has. I mean, you want to make Cool Kyle a star? You got it. Gotta do something other than cool Kyle. I mean, I, I know Diamond Mine has an opening. <laughs> That's how you feel. Hey, got an opening right now. Put your put your put your application in with Malcolm Bivens. Yeah. Yeah, you why don't you go do that? Just to run it back. Uh, we both took Walter versus Dragonoff. You know what? Give me Dragonoff. Oh shit, we gotta change. We got to change. Man is hedging his bets live on the program. <laughs> so it I is got no Walter, such thing. He got dragged off. Just so, just he, he changes. He changes pick. Just so everybody heard. Gonzalez versus Kai. We both taking Gonzalez. Yes. Knight versus Grimes. I'm taking Grimes. You're taking Knight. Correct. Cross versus Joe. I'm taking cross. You're taking Joe. And, and and for the shit of it, let's just say we're both taking the opposite in all of these all these different matches, except for uh, Gonzalez Kai, because you're taking O'Reilly. I'm taking Adam Cole. Correct. Okay. And that's NXT Takeover 36. And like we said, for some of these matches, I feel like there will be some debuts. There are always some cool stuff that they do for the Takeover brand. And it's SummerSlam weekend. And for I want to say this is the first time this has happened. SummerSlam is going to be on Saturday. So it is. Who knows if there's any fallout from SummerSlam that will blend into the TakeOver brand. Who knows? Maybe there is. One could hope. The only problem is TakeOver's not in Vegas. Like, it'd be a lot easier <clears throat> if TakeOver was in Vegas. TakeOver's not in Vegas. TakeOver is at the Capitol Wrestling Center. So, who's not doing something right now? Who, who who says you can't put like Angel Garza on a red eye? Don't send Angel. Whew. You know, we talked about how they should just like off 205 Live. That cruiserweight division has nose dived like nobody's business. They had the talent. 
And it all started when you let Leo go. Yep. Because you got the talent there. You had the talent that if you've ever been to a live event, and I know SmackDown is coming to my city in October, so I will attend. You have that lull after SmackDown goes off where it goes right into 205 Live. And a lot of people leave. But no, that era, people will stay. People will stay and watch some of those superstars for 205 Live that they had. Because they had a deep roster of cruiserweights that you would just want to see highlighted. Yeah, it's just, um, welp, <laughs> like you had it and then you let it go. Some, some, sometimes the rich don't know exactly what they have in their hands. That's what we've seen with WWE criminally of this. What? pandemic era well i think trips knew what he had it's just uh caught in the office was like hey man i don't give a damn these bullets got to get cut got these margins here we were, we we're exceeding our margins <laughs> yep so there we go that's what we got um anything else Nah, that's NXT TakeOver. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there because Jacob threw this out there in the last pod. To our Blue Wire hustlers of all walks of life, whether you cover the NFL, the NBA, whether you cover UFC, boxing, and most importantly, if you cover music genres that span all walks of life, we want to do business with you. We want you on We Got Next. We will join you on your podcast because we have – some cultural debates that we really got to shake out. Some things that have been lingering for over 100 episodes that we need you to help us solve that span music and television. So I'm just putting that invite out there. Hit us up on the Discord and join us. Help us see who is right. That is all. Real quick, before we get out of here, very fair point. Thought you were going somewhere else with that. Um... Match of the night. Uh, from a moment standpoint or from a in-ring standpoint? In-ring, whole, complete package. Match of the night. From bell to bell. Um, I'll go O'Reilly Cole. I'll go O'Reilly Cole for matching tonight. Hey, I'm gonna go with the sequel. I know they say the sequel is never as good as the um, original, but I'm gonna go Dragonov Walter. Worst match of the night. Something we haven't done. I don't think ever. Wow. <laughs> Worst match of the night. That's like what's awesome all right? Let me let me take that back. What's going to <clears throat> underperform? What's not going to meet expectations? That's a better way to put it. Cross and Joe. Kind of uh, Gonzalez. Only reason I say Cross and Joe is because we want to see Joe 
run through Karrion Cross so bad, and I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't need Joe to run through him. I just need that to be violent and physical. Like, I just need it to be better than Keith Lee and Cross. That's all I ask. You're going to be mad when the match ends on a uh, second rope. On a bullshit doomsday. Suplex. <laughs> You're going to be mad when it ends just like that match. Yeah, this is going to be a hot pocket. I'm talking about coming in hot, hot on the next podcast. All right. So we got match tonight. The thing that will likely underperform. That's, that's about it. Uh, not expecting any big moments, even though I teased it. It'd be nice. Yeah. 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 All right, well, that's it. That's us covering TakeOver. Nice, quick, and easy. We'll be back. (laughs) You know what? Hold on. on. I know TakeOvers are usually five matches. They could have easily thrown Legato and Hit Row on this. I thought they were, you know? I thought there was going to be that... that uh, triple threat tag match, but not triple threat tag match, but that's six, three on three, six man tag. Yeah, but you know, save it for tape, save it for TV because you need something to get people to tune in. Cool, but yeah, um, maybe you'll get something else? off in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> might as well. You might as well just have a parking lot segment between those three. You might as well just make it a parking lot brawl. That would be nice. And leave the cinematic nice. shit at home. I like the cinematic stuff. There's I'm no glad more. You do. I don't. Just, just no more like uh, whatever they're trying to do. They're trying to do Cypher versus the Mariachi. Don't, don't do that again. <sighs> leave the racism at home. Yes, yes. I don't think they. Oh, they, they know what they're doing. But they say racism is funny as long as it doesn't involve kids or nobody's getting hurt. But yeah, I, I see your point. I see your point. Um, more yeah. more hit row and action in the ring and less uh, rhyme couplets. Oh, you're getting tired of them rapping already. I'm not getting tired of them rapping. It's just the only one rapping is Top Dollar. Top balance and you got balls for everybody. Just saying. Just saying. Let's go ahead and get them on the. Uh, let's go ahead and get them and get him and Adonis on this uh, tag team title push. Oof, get your boy out of here. You know it's coming. Definitely coming. Oof, that's, that's a nasty thought. But yeah, anyways, we'll save that for next week. We will be back. One more time this week. We might have some special friends with us. We're trying to get that secured. SummerSlam is on a Saturday. And you know what, said It might be the return of the Saturday morning audio dope. Ooh, that would be fun. I'm down for that. One time for the one time. It might be a thing. Why not? Why not? Give the people what they want. We'll leave all the hip-hop, all the TV shows, and we'll just take it back old school and give you that Saturday morning audio dope. 
after 40 days and 40 nights, I think the public deserves that. And that is the perfect note to end this show. The outro music has been playing for a good little minute now. You probably have heard the boom like three or four times. And you're like, damn, in this usually when they get out of here, we're going home, people. All right. They give us a go home cue. We're getting the hell out of here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Dallas. That is at said underscore says that is C E double D underscore S A Y S. The show is at underscore we got next NXT. Just like the show title. Nice and simple for you people. Also, don't forget to use the hashtag we got next. Still waiting, guys. We're still waiting. And like said, said, this is an open invite to all Blue Wire Hustle members. Or if you have a podcast and you're only listening to the show, hit us up. We go anywhere, anytime, any place. If one can't make it, the other will. Because that's just how we get down. Because we're coming for our belts, people. We want them back. We're getting those belts back, too. Yes, sir. Not going to lose them again, I. Exactly. We're getting a Brock Lesnar deal that's going around, too. Go talk to my special counsel, Paul Heyman. Get Malcolm Pivens on the phone. He won't fail with us. Shout out to the Cool Jobby Punishers. Boom! We're going home. Said anything else for the people? No, that's all we got. Until next time. We're out.